ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão de culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão pela explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim, intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Befiga podcast, episode number 357. Uh, we, we were just <laughs> we were just talking before we we uh, started recording, obviously, um, and we were wondering if we played last week's episode, if anybody would really notice the difference. Not much going on, same level of criticism, but uh, here we are again. Cristiano Oliveira, what's happening? What's happening, Alfredo? What's happening, sweet Dave? And what's mostly that? Uh, what's happening to the rest of the people listening? I forgot what I was going to say. Right. <laughs> uh, Dave de Oliveira, what's happening? Oh, guys, I don't know. I don't know. If last week uh, we started off with the uh, the Undertaker's uh, theme song, I don't know what uh, this week calls for, but... Uh, I don't think you can uh, get much, uh, dr- much more dramatic than uh, than that. To be no, with you. no. Like I, I said, week, this week you you'd be safe with the the circus music. <laughs> the circus? Yeah, maybe a little bit of that. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of like what we're seeing out there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, with with you know the play from the players, the coaching decisions, just everything leaves you scratching your head. And so, rather than crying, you laugh. So maybe a little circus theme. Some uh, people are afraid of the circus too. So they, they cry when they go to the circus, True like, that. like, uh, True. like how we're watching the game. Some people, uh, the way they're playing, it's bringing people to tears on how bad they're uh, playing. Yeah. Um, Stu- we're going to recap Stuba. We're going to look ahead uh, to uh, Tondela, which comes up this weekend. But before we do that, and I always, I always forget to, to do this because we get so, in the groove of talking about discussing what what has been this very frustrating period for Benfica that we never answer questions. So let's uh, let's start by answering some questions. This one is from uh, <laughs> at emello100, uh, and he says, "Do you all feel like maybe we should just keep Laj as a temp manager till the end of the season and still proceed to get a real a real?" one for this season maybe a podcast oh i don't i don't know i don't know maybe you can answer that on the podcast he said oh maybe okay also any chance that we could see the training tapes the training tapes i'm curious to see what we do in practice i i don't know um I, i would love to see the session in which they practice crosses if there is such a practice or free kicks Cristiano, what do you what do you think about this? Uh, do we do we keep Lodge till the end of the season and and really consider uh, going after another coach after the season is done, regardless of what the end result is? Or do you think that if we win the championship, more than likely Lodge stays aboard? I'm, I got to be honest. I'm 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 surprised you're coming to me to ask me this question because you know where I stand. I mean, you know what I've been begging for for the longest. All right, Dave, then answer that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've asked Chris this question too, but uh, uh, I don't know. It, it would take a lot of, uh, I don't want to say uh, balls, but uh, 
for I think Benfica is just going to let this uh, this season ride out, and we're just going to have to to suffer. And if they're going to make the changes, they're going to make them at uh, the end of the year. Uh, in terms of um, tapings of the uh, the practices and releasing it out to the media, I think there if there was anybody taping those uh, or filming those uh, training sessions, I think uh, all the media has now been banned from what I've uh, read at the uh, the stadium. Uh, Due to coronavirus uh, prevention, I believe they they banned all media members. If I'm not uh, mistaken, yeah. But Dave, even before that, no media is is, is no, allowed no. to sit there and film the practices. What normally you get in um, in the soccer world is unlike the. All right, next question. Uh, it's from 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 uh, Emelo. Also, I also feel maybe we should of hired Luizão as a defense coach to work with these young bloods as our backline is a disaster and Diaz and Ferro would probably be a lot better with Luizão's leadership skills. He knows what it takes and he says that he misses him in times like these. Dave, yeah, I mean, listen, we talked about well, that all the Alex time. Sims back. I was, I was here the whole time. You guys just disappeared from my screen. No, dude. I, I wasn't sure. I mean... Your, your internet faltered. I'm, I'm shocked. I gotta be brutally honest. I'm shocked that my internet uh, faltered. But besides the point, um, listen, we we talked about that after the the shellacking. We, uh, we you know not the shellacking, but the the loss at at, at football Club do Porto, where we felt that this team lacks leadership. We felt that this team needs someone, a voice there in the back uh, to to calm everyone down and the voice of of reason. Obviously, Luizão's very experienced footballer, a guy that had a lot to offer to the youngsters. It was always that calming voice in the locker room. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, Emelo hits it right on the head. Um, there's really that void right now. Who is the leader uh, on, on this team right now? There's, I mean, Ruben Diaz leads by example, but he's still a young buck. Samadis leads, uh, you know, vocally and also by example. But unfortunately, like his, in my opinion, his football doesn't match his leadership skills. Um, so, I mean, there's really nobody that's the voice that the youngsters could turn to. You have the PZs of the world who seem to be cracking under pressure. Almeida's injured. So, obviously, that's a guy that's, that has a lot of years of Benfica under his belt, uh, under his belt a guy that's uh, been around for quite a while that the youngsters could lean on to. Um, there's just really nobody there. So, uh, you know, it's a good observation by Emelo. Um, You know, good shout regarding Luisa. Another one here from uh, Zé Gonçalves. He says, is there is there not a single player from the junior squad or the B team Laj could bring up? Oof. A little emotion and raw will to push the team forward surely couldn't hurt. I mean, guys, I've said this in years past when we talked about promoting the Juan Felixes and the you know, the, the Renato Sanchez of the world, just because we've been very fortunate to bring those types of talents up to the main squad doesn't mean that there's like 50 of them ready to be promoted every single year. We saw Jota was really the best of the next uh, down there, and he struggles here at the at the senior level with the main guy. So uh, really not surprised or not, you know, holding my breath waiting on any one kid to get promoted so far. Dave, I know that uh, you're an assiduous uh uh, watcher of the B team in the juniors. What, <laughs> what's, what's your opinion on that? that? I mean, at this point, do we need somebody to inject some fire in this team? Well, uh, last year uh, when Laj was hired, he called up a guy like uh, Tarapt, where 
he was uh, persona non grata in, in years previous. And I know uh, Sergio uh, Jafosh was mentioning it on uh, Twitter, but uh, how about a guy like uh, Zivkovic? He's on, uh, we're still paying him. He's still an employee of Benfica. Do we need to bring him into the mix um, to get uh, a fire lit under the guys that are currently there? Because hey, if we're still paying him these uh, these millions of uh, euros, might as well put him to use. Look, I, I'd be all for Zivkovic getting an opportunity. The guy... Uh, could play on the outside. He could play in the middle. We've seen that lately. We've struggled to 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 get options, um, you know, in order to to solve some of our problems. That being said, if you're looking at Zivkovic as the guy that's going to light a fire under somebody's ass, bro, you you're really missing out on something because he's not that type of player. My opinion, again, of course, you know, just the way I feel. And Alfred, yeah. I wanted to bring it back to a little something that you mentioned before regarding. Bring it back. Bring it yeah, back. Yeah, you brought it. You know, you mentioned that. You know, the, if if they should be practicing or, or along the lines of you'd like to see the tapes of them taking, you know, set pieces. It's something I actually mentioned um, in my notes here regarding this past uh, weekend's game against Vitória Stubel, which is if you guys noticed, there was a couple of crosses into the near post, and Benfica came very close to scoring. And I said, Jesus Christ, look, we changed our tactics as opposed to dumping the ball to the second post, top of the box. Um, we started to putting it into a dangerous uh, spaces and we almost capitalized on it. So hopefully it's something that they do a little bit more for, uh, going forward rather than just, you know, dumping it opposite pose and trying to head right back into the middle and have somebody run onto it. This is the level of desperation that we've gotten to, to the point that a, a guy that has played perhaps, what, uh, 15, 20, 25 minutes this season, that we're, we, we're looking to him to inject something different in this team, in Zivkovic. Yeah, he's I don't look. He's not that type of personality. Again, a guy could play football. I think he could add some to this team. Uh, but that being said, I just I, I, I mean, guys, am I missing something? Have, have you guys seen that fiery guy? With the exception of the one time he got the the red card in, at, at the Ladron. Well, Porto. I mean, he's not a guy that really shows much emotion. Or uh, am I the only one? No, but I, we're we're really picking at straws here. Like, there's there's not no other options right now that uh, we have. That's the unfortunate part. The way that this team is constructed, there's there's no really other option at uh, this point going forward. Yeah, I don't know. We're we're grasping at straws here, guys. Uh, obviously, it has not gone well for Benfica, and and we keep waiting for an answer. Uh, from this team, a good showing, something, a, a little glimmer of hope uh, that could, uh, that perhaps could could be the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but honestly, the the only light that we're seeing, uh, or I don't know, I don't even know where I was going with that. But uh, it, it's it's just, um, I think it, it, the conversation that we have here every uh, every week, uh, it seems to always be the same especially in this past uh, month and a half that we've been watching um Benfica I, I don't know man uh I think that we had a good opportunity um to to jump to to first and and perhaps that was going to relax the team a little bit more because the team seems to be under a lot of pressure uh and as uh, a lot of players say and as Laj said we just got to win the rest of our games uh but uh in Stubel this past weekend uh that wasn't the case I'll give you the lineup and we'll get into it uh Vlacodimos was in goal Tavares Dias Ferro and Grimaldo uh, Tarapten Samaris Pizzi on one side Servi on the other Chiquinho and Vinicius. 
Uh, Cristiano, surprised that uh, Weigel finally took a seat, or do you think that a lot of the criticism that's been out there on social media and other avenues uh, have kind of pressured Laj to sit Weigel? No, I mean, look, look, as I've told you guys a million times, I think that defensive position, that number six position under Laj, it doesn't matter who you throw out there. It just hasn't worked out regardless of the player. That being said, I, I think Laj is trying to switch a couple of things around. And look, after the performances that we had at home um, and, you know, uh, the last game and not being able to come away with a win, you uh, you figured, and I guess he did too, that the team would step up and uh, finally uh, – you know, come up with an impressive victory and get this wagon back on track. But unfortunately, that wasn't to be. We knew Vitor Estuvo was going to, you know, do anything they could to, you know, scratch and get a point out of a game like this at home. But I just expected Benfica to be a lot better than what they were. They created a couple of opportunities, but I really didn't understand Laj's tactics. Um, you're talking about Weigel sitting, and obviously Samadis got in on his place, and he dropped dropped back into that center, you know, to that number eight position. But what we saw a lot in the first half was Samadis going up the field and and Tarab being the, that 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 first guy that to to come back and get the ball be the guy between the two center backs and trying to construct from from behind which I did not understand at all I did not understand look I'm all for somebody's playing I'm all for uh Tarab playing in that you know up the field playing a little bit more free but when it's uh somebody's that's the guy playing I just uh, Alfredo it just it, it left me scratching my head and trying to really understand and 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 figure out what the hell Bruno Lodge was doing I, I don't understand that I don't understand why Chiquinho hasn't really played well and God knows how long he still keeps getting chance after chance and right now when we're talking about a part of the season that is so crucial that you start getting points because you know that that the, the, the window's starting to close you understand and we know Porto's going to you know come up and whether it's through merit or through someone else's, they're going to get their points. And we know that playing first pressures on us. We just like to see the team step up and do what they have to do. But Lodge and, and every, it's just right now, everybody's hitting on a bad cycle and it's not pretty at all. Yeah. Slow and predictable with a lot of missed passes, lack of intensity, uh, very little going uh, offensively. That, that was uh, my notes here after watching the first half, Dave, What did you come away with uh, after watching that first half, man? I think I'd rather be watching uh, paint dry because uh, that was uh, a brutal first half. No team wanted to push for it. They were just happy sitting back. and It, it was just an awful first half to watch. Uh, I know Laj was questioned at the end of the uh, the game about uh, Benfica's uh the the difference between the first the team in the first half and the team in the first half and Lush flipped it around and yeah the there was, the sorry, and the second half yeah and Lush flipped it around and said where was Stubal in the the first half but man we can't we can't be worrying about what other teams are are doing in the first half we gotta we gotta come out there with our own plan and, and make uh make teams react to to how we're gonna come out and, and play and that was just a for a team that has so much pressure and um all this expectations of, of turning this around that was not the team that i expected and wanted to see uh coming out of the the, the first half of this game here yeah absolutely and then you you have a game from a player like Servi who you know game after game the guy comes in gives it his all right um and he's been hard to criticize of late because of his performances even when he doesn't play well the guys are defensively he's seems to be at the right place at the right time and you know it's hard to criticize a guy like that but this i i mean 
to me, it was one of the worst games he's played in a long time. So he doesn't give you anything going forward. Chiquinho was non-existent. Tavares was kind of shook, you know, at, at going forward and, and and putting in a good cross. PZ was nowhere to be seen. Now you got somebody trying to dictate play. I mean, Vinicius, another one, he gets a couple opportunities. And come on, the guy, when he's putting those away, it's easy to swallow that, you know, he may, might not be able to do anything else on the ball. But when he's missing... Those sitters, not sitters, but those opportunities inside the box, it's hard to swallow. So you're looking at a team that was playing with, with realistically like four less guys when they were attacking because the options right now, just these guys aren't playing well. So it's just it's it's very tough to watch right now. And, and, and especially when we do get the few opportunities we get and we don't capitalize on those. And I know you guys, Dave, you'll have a stat regarding PZ and PKs. But when we're not putting away the very few chances that we're finally creating, this team right now, I mean, I, no confidence. What the hell? So, you know, whatsoever going forward. Um, and a lot needs to change. Yeah. And, and in all fairness, this is not a very good team. This Stubble team is not a, a good team. You can't even say that uh, they're organized, that they play a good, attractive style. Most of the time they spent defending. Uh, they they took advantage of some of the counter attacks. They had a, they had a couple opportunities at Pifica's goal, but for the most part, they didn't really do much, especially in the second half. But they did uh, enough to frustrate Pifica. Uh, and, and again, with Pifica, with a lack of ideas that they have currently, it probably is easy to frustrate the Pifica. But this Stubble is not a very good team. Yeah, but look, you just hit the the nail on the head. You know, the fact that Benfica really doesn't create much and they see, obviously, they have, you know, their scouting department as well and coaches as well coming up with game plans. And they see that this team struggles to create chances. So, listen, let's just sit back, let them have the ball. And if we could counter and catch them by surprise, come up with a goal, which is exactly what they did right at the beginning of the first uh, of the second half, I should say, as if Benfica was still napping. Um, they know that they don't have to do much. You know, still, the Benfica right now is not playing well. I mean, realistically, maybe – I mean, not even, I can't even say Tarap no more, as much as I love to say Tarap, but there's nobody that's really playing above their, 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 their expectations. And so when the club is hitting that, you know, that, that, that negative stride that we've seen this club hit over the last couple of seasons, you know, ironically enough, uh, but then as Dave stated a couple of weeks ago, we get to February and the team starts to tick, pick it up and, you know, we start playing a little bit better. But right now we haven't been, been able to hit that stride. So – it's very difficult uh, for, for the coaching staff apparently to, to to be able to to recognize what it is that we're not doing well enough and adjust to those um, limitations. And, and it makes it a lot easier for the opposition, Alfredo, to just sit back and wait for an opportunity uh, to counter. And you see, I mean, this has been Benfica's Achilles heel over the last, what, two, three months. Everybody just dumps the ball and they know that our defenders are going to struggle and they're going to get good opportunities in on goal. And when they got that very clear one right at the beginning of the second half, it was lights out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as Cristiano mentioned, 46 minutes in and, and Stubel was on the board. Uh, and look, uh, if the team was nervous uh, and if the team was anxious, this goal uh, put the team even at a, in a worse position. Uh, we were, I wouldn't say lucky, but certainly, uh, in, in all fairness, if the VAR does not exist, this penalty on Diaz never gets called. Uh, we get that penalty. PT puts it away. 1-1. Uh, uh, the team seems to have, have get a, a different, like a, a balloon of oxygen to go on uh, through the second half. But really, Dave, 
not much more. Uh, plenty of crosses into the box. Uh, bad crosses, if I may add, uh, of all the crosses that we take. And, and these guys are professional players. Why can't we get a, a decent cross into where the center forwards are to get somebody with the head on it? Yeah, I uh, too many questions behind this. I, I don't understand it. Um, yeah, after the goal, like you said, we did. Uh, I thought we would have capitalized uh, within the first 10 minutes after that uh, PT penalty. But then uh, as time passed on, I guess uh, Stubal got some more confidence. They were able, able to uh, frustrate Benfica uh, once again. Um, we get that, that second penalty called and uh unfortunately we were not able to our pizzi was not able to convert uh for a second time of the game um missing his that, that's already his fourth miss of the uh the season and uh his sixth overall with uh, benfica so he's now the uh uh benfica's all-time leader in missed penalties with six and he just passed the uh, cardozo uh, who uh, had five previously he has missed three of the last four penalties he's taken. Uh, the sand in the penalty uh, mark is no excuse. Uh, Cristiano, at this point, as if you're the coach, are you looking to make that substitution? And again, from what I understand, I didn't see it, but there was somebody that mentioned this is the second time that Vinicius wants to take it and he takes the ball away from Vinicius. Are you looking to make a change if you're large? Absolutely, and I've thought about that um, over the last couple of weeks. Not even after this week's game. To go back to the week before when Ed Stier the loose, uh, when he missed two as well, and then he was lucky enough to get the rebound on the second one to get the equalizer. But then you start looking around the field. Um, who do you really have confidence in taking these penalties, guys? I mean, let's be brutally honest. Well, I mean, you got to You got I haven't seen Vinicius. I mean, I, again, I haven't seen him take any. So, I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I have to be honest. I haven't seen many other guys on a field, you know, take penalties on a, on a regular. So I, I really can't even come up with with someone that I would think would be good at taking. I just don't know. Maybe Vinicius will come in there with a little bit more power than finesse. I because that seems like the type of player that he is. I don't know. I I, I can't. I I can't make this up and just throw up a name. I mean, if it's a throw up a name, you know, I want my boy Adele, but I, he hasn't taken penalties in so long that I can't even go based on him. Well, that's the other thing. If if you have a guy who has the confidence to step, step up and say, give me the ball, I'll take it. I think you kind of have to go with that yeah, because at least that guy doesn't look scared. We've seen plenty of guys fighting with teammates because they're both confident and then they go up there and they miss it. I mean, we've seen that, you know, at all different levels of soccer. So it's about you being good at something. It's not even about you being confident. It's about you being good at something, being able to deal with the with the pressure and being able to deke the goalie and put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and again, I, fair is fair, man. I haven't seen Vinicius. I haven't seen any of these guys. And look, at this point, I'm just like, could they be worse than, than, than PZ? No. So you know what? Let them have a crack at it. I just, look, it's something in the first half that scratched my head. You got a, a, a free kick right outside the box and somebody steps up to take it. You know, look, I know a couple of years ago at Alvalade when Victor, when Lindelof comes up to take the, the free kick, we're all like, what in the heck? And then he scores. We're like, oh, okay. And so maybe. I thought, I thought that's what was going to happen this yeah. week when uh, when I thought somebody, I'm like, man, this is this is uh, very odd. Maybe he's going to score here just because uh, catch everybody off surprise. Uh, by surprise, they're like, uh, like that sporting match, but uh, unfortunately, he didn't score. Yeah, hey, that was me too. I'm like, whoa, hopefully, I shuts me up. But then he puts the ball into the stands, and I was just like, whoa, whoa. 
Okay, this is why you don't take them all the time. It just looks like that this team right now is out of answers. The coaching staff is willing to do anything and everything to have something turn around. And that's very scary when the coaching staff doesn't have an answer, right? This coaching staff, because now they wear these vests and they have all these statistics and they have everything. The coaching staff and, and the stats guys should all be aware of who's good at what. Not just letting a guy, okay, now it's your turn. You go up there and take, what in the world somebody's doing taking a free kick? It just doesn't, I mean, come on. Dave, you know the way that the, the analytics has gone in in, Amer in, in in sports in general. These guys got to have all this down. They got to know who's good at what. Clearly and, not. Clearly and they're just not. like they're just like, oh, you want to try it? Go ahead, you try it. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, like, yo, you, you're someone's not doing their job. Yeah, Cristiano, staying with this, uh, staying on Pizzi. Um, clearly, the the body language uh, shows somebody that's. Uh, frustrated, uh, that doesn't look to be at his best, doesn't look confident. Um, at this point, is this a guy uh, that you want with your captain's armband, the guy that's visibly showing uh, signs of weakness? Is this the guy that you want leading your team? Um, I don't know, man. Look, I could be negative and I could be positive. Uh, look, PZ... When PZ's on, PZ's as good as anybody on our team. I hate the fact that I'm even defending the guy right now. We all know he's not captain material. You know what I mean? He's not that rah-rah guy. You know what I'm saying? But, again, he is a guy, as you just stated a minute ago, Alfredo, talking about Vinicius and wanted to take the penalty because he showed confidence. Well, didn't PZ, by telling him to, you know, F off and I got it, isn't he showing confidence as well? You know what I mean? You could, you, you could twist it that way. So, look. I just think that right now, no one's playing well. And I'm a guy that comes on here every week and bashes Peasy because he's the guy that we all look to uh, to carry this team. When things get tough, we look at Peasy to be the guy to get us out of the funk. But that's because we all know what he's capable of. You understand? So, look, he's got the tools to be the captain. Obviously, the team think the teammates think highly enough of him that they've voted him assistant captain, whatever captain, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. Like, would I like to see someone else? But realistically, without Andre Almeida, who are you going to make captain? It's it's only down to two guys, Alfredo. Diaz. Diaz or somebody. somebody. Yeah, it's those two guys. And Diaz, I do think that Diaz has it in him, but I think Diaz is still very inexperienced. And Diaz is still a guy that just, just go back five years ago, right? Diaz was playing in under-16 tournament, and he's looking up at guys like Andre Almeida, who'd already been called up to the national team, guys like PZ, guys like Rafa, who's already making a name for himself in the Portuguese league. And so, I don't want to say he's in all, but he still looks up to these guys, and he has the ultimate respect for these guys, and I just think that right now, it's a little too early for Ruben Diaz to be Benfica captain based solely on that, because you got these other veteran guys who've been around the block that kind of taken him under his wing, under their wing, I should say, just like Luis Zone did most of those guys, and I'm not sure that Diaz is ready right now as we speak to be the vocal guy. We know he's going to come in. He's going to work his ass off. He's going to be the first guy at training. You know, he's going to be over there doing everything that he has to do, all the extra work in the game. He's going to be the leader you look forward to. But vocally, is he going to get in PZ's face? I don't see it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what he lacked because, again, he's looked up to PZ probably for a long time. So I don't think based on that – and, again, I could be wrong, but 
maybe there t- t- to me when I look at them, I just there's just something missing. And it might be that because of the ultimate respect that he has for these other guys. So you're taking PZ away. There's really no other guy. I know Samadis is a guy that shows all the qualities of a captain. And as I mentioned before, he's a tremendous leader. But I don't think his footballing, you know, goes with his leadership. Because when I say that, I mean that based on the opportunities got, has he really, like, you know, played his ass off and made you like, wow, shit, how come this guy doesn't play? No, I mean, he wasn't particularly good you know what i mean he, he goes through his ups and downs he's not a guy that you're gonna say this guy is starting every single week uh like bruno Lai said in his nine minute press conference regarding the guy at somebody's my this right he's not that type of guy and if he was i'd be all for it but to have another captain right that i'm gonna have to rotate okay somebody's not playing today now i'm gonna give it to all made all made and not play now i'm gonna give it to peace so based on that alone, the guy that makes the most sense is Ruben Diaz because you know the guy's going to play every single second of every game. So now after I try to talk you guys out of Samadis, I just talked myself into giving it to Ruben Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, I, I completely understand from uh, from a hierarchy standpoint in terms of uh, the youth and how many years you've been with the team. Uh, certainly that that counts, especially for guys that you've you've looked up and guys that have been mainstays on this team, such as Almeida and such as Pizzi. I do get that. I do think, however, that Ruben Diaz does have the personality to be a leader. He has shown it at, at the youth levels. But I do understand what you're saying in terms of, well, this guy is, is, is a mainstay in the locker room. You just came in yesterday, uh, you know, figuratively speaking, of course, uh, on Ruben Diaz, but certainly he is a guy that, in terms of leadership, I think he's he's right there with Samarish uh, in terms of leadership, in terms of leading by example. I don't know if Pizzi is a guy to lead by example, and oftentimes you look to the captain to be that face of that team. You look to the captain to be that guy that says, let's go, let's go to war. Uh, and Pizzi doesn't really strike me as the type of, uh, type of guy that does that. When the going gets tough, uh, PT folds like a, a cheap suit. I'm sorry to say it, but he does not have that uh, that warrior mentality that uh, that everyone would love to see in, a, in this club's uh, captain. Yeah. So one one is the final result for this game. We we gather another another point, and at the end of the game, I thought uh, this is going to be it uh, because I knew that Porto was going to have a, a tough game against Riwav, but they're playing at the Dragão. Uh, they're playing. They're going into the field after Benfica has played, and certainly I thought this would be uh, a kind of a boost of confidence for them. But it wasn't meant to be, and so Benfica missed out on an opportunity. But uh, really, uh, Benfica these days are, are are too predictable, and and none of these teams, no team in the Liga Nord is actually is afraid of losing against Benfica or against uh, or of playing uh, against Benfica. And that's what we've seen. That's what we've seen from the Moreirenses of the world. That's what we've seen from uh, the Stubbles of the world, Gilles Vicente, whatever. These teams are not afraid uh, to Benfica. And as a, a lifelong Benfica fan, this saddens me. It saddens me because we used to pound on these teams uh, uh, back in the day. Uh, and I know that... Uh, we're always talking about back in the day, and, and, and that doesn't always uh, 
it doesn't always equate to being successful, but certainly those times there was a lot of respect for this Benfica, especially for teams coming to Stade Luz. And it just seems that teams right now, when they come to Stade Luz, they don't respect Benfica and they know that if they can hang in there and frustrate the team and be well positioned on the field, that they could defend against a Benfica team that lacks ideas, that lacks intensity, that lacks motivation, that lacks that fire. Uh, where is that fire gone? And when you look at, at that, you have to put some blame on the coach. And as Cristiano mentioned, this coaching team, this technical staff is out of ideas. And along with being out of ideas, they can't seem to motivate this team because I would completely accept it, uh, accept if these guys ate the grass that they played on against these little teams and even if, uh, you know, it wasn't pretty, uh, even if, it, you know, there was no style points, I think that when you put in the effort, I think the fans could feel that. And ultimately, I think that that effort will eventually reward you. Uh, but the fact that this team is so lackadaisic, so, so I don't know, I just, I, I have a hard time putting my finger on it. I think that there's a disconnect between the coaching staff and the team. Uh, and I don't know at this at this time if Laj has lost this team. Now, let me ask you a question, Alfredo. And again, I agree with everything you said, by the way. But let me ask you a question because you mentioned something when you said that, you know, teams don't fear this Benfica squad at the moment, right? So I'm going to ask you, who, if you're on the opposite side, right? Or not opposite side, but on the on the sideline next, whatever, on the opposite dugout, right? Who do you fear on this team? I mean, let's be honest. Who strikes fear in your heart when you see him with the ball or you try to game plan to play Benfica? Who on this team strikes fear in your heart? Let's be brutally honest. Tarapt. Okay, uh-huh. And Rafa, if he's in there. Wait, Rafa, the, the 2018 version? <laughs> well, look, I think the, the biggest thing with Rafa is that because he's so explosive in terms of coming off the dribble with the ball, he's always going to be a guy that gives you trouble. Regardless of whether he shoots it uh, half a mile over the goal or or to the side of the goal or if he just dishes it off, he's always a guy that's going to create problems with their explosiveness. And we see it all the time. When he tries to dribble and he gets away, he always gets fouled. Now, I do understand that he's going through a very bad spell that he hasn't had a, a, a good game since the sporting game. Uh, and certainly if you look at President Rafa, you're, you're not that intimidated, but I, I still think that that explosive explosiveness off the dribble is something that coaches uh, plan I, I, against. You're right. And I was just, I was just being a clown, you know, talking about the 2017, 2018 Rafa, because his form is, is obviously uh dip, but now sticking with Rafa, Right. One thing that really caught my attention on the game on Saturday. Once Rafa gets substituted into the game, Rafa comes in in the 56th minute for Chiquinho. It just seemed like he wasn't into the game at all. It seemed like he was walking a lot. It just seemed like we didn't see the usual Rafa. Maybe he doesn't like playing in that second striker role, that free role in the middle. Maybe he'd rather play out on the wing. I don't know what it is, but we, again, we haven't seen the same Rafa that we saw earlier that I kept screaming and hollering about. When this guy is on, he's the best player in Portugal. You can't teach speed. I mean, he's miles from that Rafa. And again, it just caught my eye. It seemed like he wasn't engaged 
seemed like he wasn't into the game. I don't know. Did you guys catch that? Or was it just me? Uh, I'm I'm with you, man. Uh, and I think that, uh, yes, definitely saw that. But I think that when the team is not doing well, uh, everything gets looked at with a magnifying glass. And certainly if the team is playing well, we're not having this conversation about Rafa, of Rafa not being a, a factor, of Rafa going through the motions uh, on the field. Um, now that the team is not playing well, we're, we're looking at everything. I mean, yeah, but not playing well and not being a factor is one thing. Not putting in the shift, not trying, walking around, it's two different things. You know, you know, you you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, like you, like, like I said, look, this week, Servi didn't have his usual good game, right? But you could tell the guy was working. He just he he wasn't good at all. But you could still tell he was running. He was trying. It just everything he did didn't nothing came out right. But so it's easy to accept that. Look, at least the guy tried his all. He did what he had to do. But when you see guys walking around on the field, and again, maybe it's just me, right? But it it, it in my head. It leads to a to 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 a much deeper question: Is there something going on there with the code? Is there just something? Are you not happy about something? Because for Rafa not to be going buck wild like we're accustomed to seeing, running all around the field, trying to get involved, and just seeing the guy walking, as you mentioned, going through the motions. It, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Look, somebody on Twitter mentioned something regarding PZ that ever since he was benched in the Champions League. That he hasn't been the same player. Pizzi or Rafa? Pizzi. Okay. And you know, and 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 I said, oh wow, okay, yeah. You know, I started thinking, I'm like, yeah, you're right. But you know, I'm not trying to to be one of those guys that that's gonna get on on every little detail now. It's because he's playing good. It's because he didn't, you know, he's playing bad. It's because he didn't play in this Champions League game. I'm not trying to be that picky. But again, has he mentioned that regarding Pizzi? And now I'm looking at Rafa. Rafa not playing well. Rafa's just walking around on the field. I mean, I remember when I walked around on the field all day, it was because, like, yeah, I wasn't happy about something. And, you know, like, I got to be out there. I'm not going to say I don't want to be out there because then it's going to be a bigger problem. But, like, just moping around, just kind of, like, going through the motions. And, and maybe it's too early. Maybe I'm just looking too deep into it. But, ah, oh, man, I just have this eerie feeling right now. No. It no, might not be right. I don't know. Look, I, I, I get it. I think it's a good shout, and I think that uh, it, just the team in general, just the team in general, is just a, like a it's a bad moment, you know. Uh, the morale is low, the confidence is low. Players, I'm sure the players are not happy. I I think they go home every day and they're they're upset about the situation, much like us fans. Um, regardless of whether they get paid handsomely to pay to play a game, uh, I do think that uh, you know they're they're out in the street. They hear things from people. Um, they go home. They turn on the TV. They read the newspaper. Uh, look, it it it's a lot to put up with. But I do think that if you have a strong manager uh, and perhaps a, a strong uh, psychology department that they could turn that around or they could address that. But right now, nothing, it doesn't look like anything is going to pull this team out of this funk. And the other thing that needs that needs to be mentioned, another honorable mention here, uh, another shout out to the coaching staff. He did another masterful job, another masterful tactical job of 
substituting uh, Diego Souza in the 72nd minute in for uh, Franco Servi, and then just having him emulate everything that Vinicius did or have Vinicius emulate him and is like, okay, you run here, I'm a They played side by side. They made the same runs. They try to get onto the same. It's just like, where has the tactical, where is your system, where is your know-how, where is your imagination? It's just, it. I mean, it's... It's ugly. Dave, numbers on this game, and then we'll move on. Whew, what what numbers are there, man? Like, I try to not uh, keep it short and uh, not keep it too negative because we can repeat all the negative stats that we've been pulling in and out uh, each week. But I guess we'll just wrap it up with uh, Benfica is now tied with uh, Tondela with the most missed penalties this season at uh, four after PT's uh, second uh, or PT's miss on his second PK of the match. Yeah, that's Anytime. a good Anytime you're tied with Tondela for anything, uh, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dave, that's an excellent segue because Benfica now faces uh, Tondela uh, this Saturday at 6 p.m. Obviously, if you haven't been living under a rock, you will know uh, that uh, both the the, the league and I think this came from the the Portuguese Federation uh, on the advice from uh, the Ministry of of Health in, in, in Portugal. Um, all games, uh, in all competitions, and this is just not Liga Noj, but this is uh, across uh, several levels of uh, uh, both uh, professional and amateur uh, Portuguese football will be played behind closed doors as a result of uh, the coronavirus. Uh, so this Saturday, 6 p.m., Benfica will host uh, Tondela at Stade Luge, uh, for in front of uh, in front of in front of plenty of empty chairs but chris good news uh no cheerleaders and no fire oh man really that was my favorite part the fireworks that is the fire dave what's uh, i guess what's... They, they could still set the fireworks off <laughs> what what's uh what's tondela been up to uh, they're currently in 14th uh, position this year with six wins, seven draws, 11 losses, sitting nine points above the uh, relegation uh, zone. Uh, historically, we've beat them eight times, lost uh, once, and that uh, one loss, I don't know if you guys remember, came three in uh, three, three, two, oh, three, two, three, two. Uh, in April 2018. That was the uh, nail in the coffin of the... Uh, yeah, well, not uh, Rui Vitoria. He still came back the next season, but that was you know, the... Yeah. Uh, I was talking about that season. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Good. yeah, that season. That was the nail in the coffin for that season. I, uh, Sunday afternoon, I believe. Sunny day. But there was nothing sunny about that day for Benfica, though. Yeah. <laughs> Six wins uh, for the season uh, for Tondela. Five of them coming away from Estadio João Cardoso. And, and Cristiano, I know that Estadio João Cardoso is just right down the street from one of your home bases when you're in when you're in Portugal. Mm-hmm. But nice uh, place. Yeah, but also, did you know uh, that some of the nicknames for Tondela, I'll give you some of the nicknames, the Auri Verdes, the Tondelense, on the lens, <laughs> Beirões, and this one I thought you actually had this one coined for yourself. O maior das beiras. Yeah, but I like I, I'm just because it's one of my home bases. Don't mean I'm. I know all the history about the place. Uh, I know Juan Felix is from that area. Played over there. Um, I know a good bakery right across the street from the stadium that I recommend. They make good pão, and the in the cafe is is really good. 
Um, I know Lido and Continent is right down the street, and uh, it's about it. And there's a firehouse right around the corner from the stadium. I, mean, that, I don't know much else, but yeah, the, the Beirão and stuff, so I thought that. Beirões. Beirões. I thought it was like the Licor Beirão, but I don't even know if that's where they make it. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. And in Tondela, there is a factory that's called Paulo Souza Rui Costa or Rui Costa Paulo Souza, something like that. And and every time I drove by it, I thought it was the football players' company, but it's not. Apparently, it's not. It's just some other guy's name, Rui Costa Paulo Souza. Your favorite player and my favorite player, Alfredo. Chris and Chris Not is being modest. Uh, <laughs> Chris is being modest here. He also knows everything uh, to know about the grass there and uh, Tondela's uh, pitch there. That's they've right. Improved. They've improved. They've done. They've they've done a little bit of construction to the place, and they've uh, you know it's 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 a little tiny place, maybe six thousand if that. But um, it's definitely coming up, and uh, you know again from that one time when the grass was terrible, Dave. They, the grass has looked a lot nicer. Over Chris. the last couple of years, all it took is for me to get you know, yeah, to them on Twitter. You, you've uh, you've exposed the groundskeeper, he's uh, he's still been trying to recover ever since maybe, you exposed them. Maybe now he works at the Padaria, <laughs> maybe, maybe he works at the Rui Costa Paul Souza factory. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's like uh, Bacalhau. I don't know, they buy and freeze Bacalhau. I don't know, yeah, I got, I got, but you see right off the AP3. So, for those of you who are listening to this and you drove down the AP3 between Tondela and Viseu, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's right on the highway. Yeah. But again, let, let's just let's just remind everyone that the game will be held at Stade Luz. We're just talking about Tondela because Chris is intimately familiar no, with no, that area no. and that stadium. We have to give every podcast, especially now with the way Benfica has been playing, we have to give them a geography class. We can talk about some show frito. We go. Uh, you know, we can talk about foods because obviously talking about soccer is not a great topic. And I liked how we started the podcast. We try to avoid everything we can possibly do. We talk about, we talk about questions from like a month ago. Uh, we talk about, you know, food and geography. So, you know. Chris, let me ask you this. Uh, typical food from Tondela, something that uh, the, the Tondelenses are famous for. I don't know, dude. Any sweets? Right. You're the king of sweets, bro. Oh, you yeah, should know bro. this. I eat, who, who can I we call? Eclairs. I eat the eclairs everywhere I go. Ballers Berlin, but I just think that's a Portuguese thing in general. I just, I try, I try one at every bakery I, I, I see. So, uh, but as far as tradition, I don't know. I mean, listen. Next time I go to Portugal, I'll have more information for you. I'll do my research. All right? I'll be like the Andrew Zimmer of of Travel Channel. I'll be the Cristiano Oliveira Benfica podcast, and we'll do a history uh on food and stuff like that on all these little towns there you go uh this they're gonna disown me in tondela they're gonna <laughs> yeah to, to say that uh we're we wait for this game with uh, high anticipation <laughs> i don't know if that that could be true or not but certainly uh no pre or post game conferences again that's something that's been uh mandated uh, by uh, the league again. Uh, that's to prevent some of the media to be uh, inside the the media room, even though they're going to be allowed to be in the stadium. The only folks that are going to be allowed to be in the stadium are the technical teams. Um, some of uh, of uh, Benfica's directors. Uh, also, uh, anybody that works in the media will be allowed uh, in the stadium. Uh, camera crews, so on, so whatever, whatever uh, 
folks are needed to bring this game to you uh, both uh, on the television and on the radio will be allowed uh, on the field, uh, not on the field, but in, in the yeah, stadium. Yeah. I was saying that if you've ever been to Stadia Lose, you've been to the media zone, you'll understand why they're allowing the media in because you might as well be on the moon. I mean, it is the very last seat. All the, I mean, you could sneeze, you could throw up, you could vomit, you could do whatever you want. It's never going to get anywhere near the players. So it's the only reason why they're letting people in there, I guess. Right. Uh, I don't. I can't tell you that. Um, I can, I don't even know what to think about this game or to expect. We keep waiting for a team to show something. Perhaps uh, Dave playing uh, without fans will be good for Benfica. Maybe they won't feel as pressured. Selfishly, I, I don't you think that the best thing that could have happened is they postponed the or delayed the season for two weeks. Give this. Give the guys like a two week rest i don't know if it if the pressure adds it to their to them or if they just clear their minds for two weeks but i i was hoping that a, a two-week uh break from the season would be the best part uh best thing for benfica at this point with all the pressure that uh that they have going on right now but i guess playing in front of uh no fans we'll get to see if if that um if that helps or if it makes it worse i don't know if they can get much worse and if it gets worse than what we've been seeing, God help us all because uh, it's it's getting bad, guys. And I, I don't know if I can handle much worse than what we've been seeing, but it's going to be very eerie to uh, see an empty uh, an empty Stadio Deluge, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a good shout by you because we've talked about it here on the podcast for, for, for a couple months now regarding Grimaldo needs a rest, PZ needs a rest, the other guy, Ruben Diaz, has played practically every minute of the season needing a rest. So... You know, again, we don't want, you know, the society, we don't want, you know, this this coronavirus to get out of hand. We don't want no one to get, to, you know, uh, to, to stop doing what everybody does on a daily uh, basis. But um, if it does happen, it wouldn't be the best thing for these guys to, uh, to to finally get a rest. Obviously, we want everyone to be safe, regardless of country, uh, uh, regardless of, of, of continent, whatever. We just, wherever you are in the world, let these medical experts do what it is that they have to do. And I know um, it sucks not to be able to, to to go to the stadium and watch our beloved team play, and it's frustrating. But at the end of the day, guys, the most important thing is safety, and the experts know what it is that they're doing uh, a lot better than what we do. So if they think it's best not to have anyone around um, watching games or even to just cancel or, or postpone the games for, for a short time, um, again, it sucks, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm in 100%. Uh, an agreement with them and uh, I support whatever decision these medical experts do. Yeah. I think that if you're not looking at a year where you have a European championships, a lot of leagues are prolonging their season and they're extending their season, but because you got the, the Euro championships and, and look, we don't even know if that's going to take place. Uh, certainly if things keep going the way they are, there's a very high possibility that they may get, uh, delayed or postponed or or whatever uh but certainly i think that's that's uh weighing heavily on the decisions that some of these leagues are making in terms of postponing games uh certainly italy has uh has postponed uh some games uh obviously they're over there at the at the epicenter of uh of uh of a lot of uh, a lot of uh guys that have turned up positive or a lot of guys and gals that have turned up positive uh with the with the virus. So uh, we'll just have to see, but serious, you know, talking Frank, I have, um, 
no expectations for this game, to be honest with you. I don't know how much lower Benfica could get. Um, but but certainly um I, I don't know. I just I just hope that the team could could finally uh show a little bit and and get on a roll here uh going into this uh the last uh ten games or nine games of the season, whatever is left after this one. Yeah, and the Portuguese people should be hoping for the the, the delayed uh you know or the postponement, I should say, of the Euro because that'll mean Portugal will be champions a little bit longer. Yeah, could be. That's one good way to look at it. <laughs> Anyway, um, Chicken Fingers Award of the Week, Cristiano. The Chicken Fingers winner. I, I mean, it's it's a tough one, Alfredo. It's this been very bleak and very tough over the last couple of weeks to pick a Chicken Fingers Award winner. And this week, uh, I'm I'm still undecided. Unfortunately, um, I will come up with three people and I will post it on Twitter. So please. It'll be up on Benfica Podcast. I need your help, guys. I know I, I Alfredo knows, and it's part of, of my duty on the Benfica Podcast to come up with, with, with a candidate or a winner, I should say, every week. But it's just been very bleak, guys. So uh, we'll post it up on Twitter, and you guys can both uh, help me uh, with the voting and help me decide who the winner is. It's only the second uh, episode yeah. that we're bringing this show, and you've had and, a whole week to yes, think about this. Man. And I'm thinking about canceling because for two weeks that I've come up with this, which we've been atrocious. So maybe these guys have become so nervous just thinking about the Chicken Finger Award that they've dropped their play. You know, they dropped their levels. That maybe it's weighing over their heads. So I'm, I'm thinking about seriously considering dropping the award altogether to see if these guys could turn their season around because it's ugly. I mean, I think they they can't deal with the pressure because there's really no one that warrants uh, taking this beautiful trophy home, Alfredo. Yeah. Uh Let's go to uh, what did we learn today? You know, I'll, I could go first if you want. I learned that uh, Tondelense is known as o maior das beiras when I really thought that that was what Cristiano was known for. What, being tolo or being o maior das beiras? <laughs> o maior das beiras. Dave, what did you learn? I learned that uh, you're my tour guide if we ever got to go to uh, Tondela, that's for sure. Why? Because I mentioned a bakery and a firehouse, and the factories and oh, the, the uh, highway. That's I don't. You don't need tour. Save your money, Dave. You don't need your tour guide. Oh, I wasn't gonna pay you. I learned that Benfica, the fans aren't allowed into into to sporting events in Portugal today. I learned that. I wasn't aware of that before. You were not aware? No, I've been. Today has been a very hectic day. Wasn't aware. Were I you in? Uh, they were right? doing the the fire. I thought it was only after. Um, limited, limited sporting events. I wasn't aware that it was the whole thing. Yeah, are you involved in the contract negotiations or in the in negotiations to bring JJ back? Is that why that your day has been so hectic? Yeah, man. If if JJ was to come back, or if I was to be involved, and in, I'd be, I'd be right now, I'd be flying over the moon. I'd be ecstatic, you know. Um, so uh, right now, nothing to report on that end. Okay, I'll let you so know. You, so you can either confirm nor deny that you're part of those those negotiations. Well, I'm denying right now. I'm I'm not part of anything. I'm I'm one of just another guy lighting up candles at church. All right. Well, then with that thought, let's uh, let's wrap it up. We'll be back uh, next week 
again, uh, recap the Stondella game and looking ahead to uh, Befica's uh, next game, which I don't have in front of me, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fun and exciting. Hopefully, it'll be uh, with fans this time. Uh, anyway, make sure you wash your hands uh, for at least 20 seconds and uh, just, just be oh, there's safe a time out there. Limit. Be careful. I just learned another thing. Look at that. So there's it, like a time limit? Yep, it's it's That'd recommended that you wash your hands for twenty seconds. With soap? With no, soap. soap. With soap. This is nothing new. This is uh with IG one oh one. Dave, without soap, does it go to forty seconds? Like how does it go? Well, what are you scrubbing with? Water. Might as well use alcohol at that point. No, we step up a bit. All right, everybody. Take care, everyone. Peace. Later. Hopefully I have a better week next week.